1: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Good morning to you. It's Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Not only is it the last weekend of the Major League Baseball regular season and the playoff picture still has so much in flux, but, and and there's major controversy as we talked about with the Marlins, who could be behind the eight ball, no thanks to the Mets gamesmanship there i just i can't imagine i wouldn't be surprised if someone at city field was fired over it actually because it was that big of a mess but we'll talk about that with our guest coming up in just over 15 minutes here on after hours with amy lawrence cbs sports radio final weekend of baseball's regular season we've got some big bads we've got some usuals we've got some fresh blood we've got some super cool stories We've got potential encores in October because you know these are the last couple days of September. We have dubbed October the fulcrum here on After Hours. It makes perfect sense. Look up the definition if you don't believe me. Everything else in sports pivots around October. It's the fulcrum. Week four in the NFL, week five in college football, They're already underway, starting with Thursday night. The Ryder Cup is also underway, and Europe is toying with Team USA in the earliest round. Do you know that Team Europe has never swept the morning of of foursomes? So it's never swept a morning session of foursomes in all of its Ryder Cup history. But Rome may be... History for Team Europe. I'm a little bit nervous about Zach Johnson and his tenure as captain of Team USA. (laughs) He may not be long for this world. And what if he benches Brooks the entire time? Could you imagine?
3: They're doing so well without him.
2: Right. Goodness. John Rahm is all smiles. That's how you know it's not been a good start for Team USA. But it's actually on USA Network. Ha ha. Uh, We love it when we get live international events. And it started about 15 minutes before we went on the air. And they're still in their morning foursomes if you wanted to check it out. I'm trying to walk. John Rahm is, he's a great player and he's so funny.
3: Kind of a disregard that I existed.
2: But right now he's smiling for Team Europe, which is not good for Team USA. So we'll give you an update as we head through. You can find me on Twitter, ALaw radio. Access the After Hours Game of the Week poll. See, the problem is, I like it when the poll is wide open. Except I just did an entire segment on Bills and Dolphins and why it's going to be so compelling. <laughs> and now I feel like I've actually undermined the poll. Why well, even bother voting now? I just told you why it's the Game of the Week. Eagles Commander
3: segment's coming up.
2: <laughs> That's <all> Right? <laughs> no. Uh, Let's see. The Commanders and Eagles have all of three votes, and the Cardinals and 49ers don't have many more than that. We tried, Jay. We tried. And then I completely, like I said, undermined the entire spirit of the poll by telling you it's going to be a massive clash on Sunday.
3: Ravens-Browns has like a fighter's chance in there. It's trying to
2: stay afloat. It's got a pulse. It's got a pulse. Right. It's got got 19 votes. (laughs) It's trying. You can also vote on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence, of course. And if you hadn't heard or if you hadn't seen, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, that might be on you. Just remember that producer Jay, he's poor. He makes a radio producer's salary. Uh, I'm trying to think of oh he shops at convenience stores that's where he gets his food. He's he's really upset because the Rite Aid near his house closed. Devastating. I mean he's devastating. He I'm trying to think how oh he can't sleep ever because the family bulldog stands outside the door and makes noises. (laughs) Yes. Oh and because the boy next door is insistent that he's going to be an NBA player someday and he he never stops dribbling the basketball.
3: End day. And he's got, He just do it on like the concrete, like, or in the street. He does it on his deck outside. And it's just like, you know, there's no, it's, it's hollow. So you can just hear the, the ball. <sighs> it echoes. Just, oh it my echoes. Gosh.
2: Why else should we feel sorry for you on this Friday morning? Because your, your paycheck is already spent.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: womp, womp, womp. Mine is too, actually. So I don't, and that's no different than me. Why else should we feel sorry for you?
3: No, I don't I don't need sympathy this morning. No no no, All not right.
2: sympathy. Just try and um, will you let me go go with this please, Jay? <laughs> All right. Jay's uh he's wearing glasses. He looks like a nerd now. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> just this is great. Just
2: go kidding. with it. Just go. It's gold. No, I'm teasing. I'm t- I'm totally joking. Uh, but here's what makes Jay happy. This is what brings him out of his doldrums. Reminds him that his life is not so miserable. <laughs>
3: Takes a lot these days. <laughs>
2: No, it doesn't. All it takes is a bunch of YouTube subscriptions. You just got to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And have you noticed that people really respond, Jay, when I say this is all about you? It's because you're the most... I mean, you're really a sympathetic figure on the show. People think I'm mean to you. (laughs) Please. If they think I don't share enough food with you... That's not true. Someone actually asked me how dare I get married without inviting you because aren't you part of the family? See? Jay feels as though he's left out and ignored and underappreciated, not by me, but by, by the powers that be. And so here's how you can make him happy. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's really all it takes. He's a simple mind.
3: It helps. It, it really does.
2: It really does help.
3: It's kind Guess of me sad, actually. <laughs> Every time I see that subscriber tick or I get a notification, yeah, it's just one more I mean, more it hour is ticked up in a
2: major way since we put these wedding videos out there. Ask Amy walks down the aisle. There's part one and there's part two now, and I promise, before the end of the hour, I will tell you Bob's mixed reaction to part number two. I need to hear this. You do, but anyway, we haven't even shared the link to part two on Twitter or Facebook yet, and you're already finding it. It just cracks me up when. One dude posted on, actually actually posted on the video on YouTube. Why do you think anyone cares about your wedding? Meanwhile, like we can't, this is, the reason we did this is because we got six weeks of nothing but questions about the wedding. This was, (laughs) this was not my idea. This was how we were going to answer all of your questions. I mean, it was my idea, but this was how we were going to answer all of your questions. And you're blowing our other YouTube videos out of the water. The views on these videos in the first four days they're through the roof. So we're glad that we could accommodate. Uh, thank you for all your kind words. Uh, Bob's, you know, he's, the jury's still out.
3: <laughs> I got a comment on our, on part two yesterday. It goes, you're getting married? Oh. That was it.
2: No. Nope. It's all a sham. It's all for show. It's you like can watch the video. keeping up with Amy Lawrence. It's, it's fake. Like keeping up with the Kardashians. It's all contrived. Or like the Bachelor. Oh, that's it. It's my own version of the Bachelorette. The bachelorette. bachelorette. The Bachelorette. Have you seen they're doing a Golden Bachelor now? What does that where mean? it's for older people, like your golden years.
3: Interesting. <laughs> Interesting idea. <laughs> I feel. I mean, I'm not gonna watch. I don't watch that. But I don't either. I feel like that might actually do pretty well.
2: Yes, because you're never too old to fall in love. No, I'm, you're I'm, never too old to find saying. to find your soulmate. I'm going to check it out, actually. You are not going to watch The Golden Bachelor. (laughs) It's a chance. (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance? It's after hours with Amy Lawrence again on YouTube on Facebook on our Twitter after hours CBS vote for your game of the week go watch ask Amy walks down the aisle blah 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 I'm just as long as you're happy happy Friday happy weekend happy last couple days of September believe it or not but the picture is coming together in Major League Baseball and who doesn't love a great Cinderella story.
4: One and one two outs bases clear ninth inning two nothing o's here's the one one pitch ground ball Aureus. out to third base arias has got it six throws the first and you can
3: celebrate everybody the Orioles in 2023 are American League East champions It all culminated in this it started with a rebuild an incredible 2022 season and then you make it to 2023, and the Orioles, they are the Aileys best.
4: Fireworks all over the place. Orioles celebrating right in front of second base as the bullpen comes in, and they will join the party right behind the pitcher's mound.
3: It's going to be a party all night long in Baltimore. You better have a good excuse for your boss. No school tomorrow, just a celebration of this 2023 Orioles team that has clinched the American League East. Nobody gave us a chance to start of this year. Nobody. That's a hundred wins right there. That's hundred wins on the first step. We just won the AL East. Let's
4: I think guys are very proud of the work that we put in uh, day in and day out to get here because we fought. We fought from behind. And, uh, you know, I think it just shows the kind of work and the character that we have
2: in this locker room. Party like it's 1999. Actually, for the Baltimore Orioles, as you hear on that extended final call on Orioles radio, this has been one heck of a reclamation project. Two years ago, they lost 110 games. And now they're sitting on the century mark. 100 wins. Congratulations to the O's, who have won the AL East and are the best record in the American League. And for Brandon Hyde, he made sure the team knew all season long that this wasn't just business. This is personal.
3: We won 83 games last year. And that was kind of the message in spring training was, we're going to build off this 83. And we're not surprising the team's anymore then people know how talented we were but nobody was giving us an, a, a chance to nobody to win um it was in every publication everywhere that, w- that we were gonna uh, regress and i wanted our guys to know that and they took it took a personal and and uh, we just won 100 at least.
2: everybody everywhere no It'll one mess around and made it personal Oh, haven't heard much from Dion this week. Haven't heard much about Dion this week. Trailer has definitely taken all of Dion's headlines. I'm
1: a monument. Not a moment.
2: Well, it's time. It's time to re-erect the monument. Except from Eugene, Oregon, you go back to Boulder to take on number five USC. Welcome to the Fast Lane, Dion. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. So congratulations to the Orioles. Now, we do have wild cards yet to be determined in Major League Baseball. This is exactly how the powers that be drew it up. They wanted to make sure that the final weekend mattered. In the American League West, actually, we still don't have a division champ. The Rangers lost in, it was a walk-off, right, to the Mariners on Thursday evening? And so their lead over the Astros is now two games. Over the Mariners, three games. We know the Rays have the top wild card in the American League, but beyond that, it's a crapshoot among the Blue Jays, the Astros, the Mariners, or potentially the Rangers if the Astros or Mariners bypass them. And exactly as you would want it, it's Rangers and Mariners this weekend. Who do we say the Astros play? Diamondbacks? Diamondbacks for yeah. some strange reason. Right. Interleague. Right. Interleague at the end of the year. But the Diamondbacks right now are in the number two spot in the National League in the wildcard standings with a game and a half lead on the Marlins. And the Cubs are a half game back. And so as you can imagine, Tori Lovello is trying to trot out every motivational speech you could ever think of for the weekend.
1: We got to win every baseball game that we're playing, and uh, you know we didn't do that today. So there's some frustration, and we just got to be better. We got to be better in, in all areas. And um, you know, we had some opportunities early. I feel like if, if we had scored some early runs, it might have been a different story. We didn't get the job done. That changed. They changed the the whole theme and the tempo of the game. And I'm not concerned. We've been we've been swinging the bats well enough. So we got we got to flush it and come out tomorrow and play our best game.
2: So the Diamondbacks could have clinched a wild card spot had they beaten the White Sox on Thursday. They did not do that, but they're still in position. They t- it's just that you're playing a team now that's desperate, right? Uh, so you've got, for the Diamondbacks, a magic number of one to make their first playoff since 2017. The Cubs are still alive. We talked about the Marlins situation. Actually, we'll talk about it because we've got former Marlins president David Sampson who's joining us following the break. Do the Marlins have a beef? And what exactly can they do about it, though? That's the question. And then other postseason tidbits as we get ready for October, because October is the fulcrum. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
3: You are listening to
1: It was a it was a wasted 20-minute window after we've been sitting here for two and a half hours. Everybody's trying to do what they can do. satisfied. we have, you, know, real, you know, we're trying to win a game and you know, we have sympathy for what they're trying to accomplish too, but you know,
0: I'm trying to do what's best for the New York Nets. This is
3: After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: Salty to the end in the National League East. I don't want to believe the Mets did it on purpose because this seems more like a city field grounds crew issue. But man, what a mess. And I do mean literally and figuratively. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Just quickly to reset, you hear both Buck Showalter and Skip Schumacher of the Marlins and the Mets. And and the problem is that the Marlins couldn't finish their game in New York and didn't find out until late, late that the game was canceled on Thursday evening. They had to turn around, turn around, get on a plane to Pittsburgh to finish up their regular season schedule. But if there's any type of a tie, they then have to go and finish a suspended game back in New York on Monday before they would ever find out if they would be in the playoffs. So it's it's kind of a worst-case scenario for the Marlins. And all of this goes back to the fact that the – Field was unplayable in Queens because it was left uncovered in the middle of a tropical rainstorm. I ran a half marathon in that tropical rainstorm. I knew she was coming. I knew Ophelia was parked off the Atlantic coast. I'm not sure how the city Field grounds crew didn't know. But she dumped a lot of rain, and the field was unplayable, and it came back to bite the Mets and the Marlins in the you-know-what All right, let's welcome former Marlins president and baseball analyst and nothing personal with David Sampson, podcast host, very popular podcast, uh, David joining us here this morning. And I'm not asking you this because you're a former Marlins president, but do the Marlins have a beef uh, with baseball, with the Mets, over the way this is all played out?
0: I think if I were still president of the Marlins, that I would be down right now in MLB's office in New York on my way to the airport before I went to Pittsburgh for tonight's game, camping out, <laughs> waiting for an answer as to how the Mets could have screwed us so badly the way they did this weekend to the Marlins. It's outrageous. And Stephen Cohen's Twitter apology is useless. Buck Showalter's comments are exactly what the Mets did with him saying, you know, we've got a game to win here, too. No, no, you're eliminated. You have nothing that you are playing for, and you owe it to a team who has an opportunity to make the playoffs the way the Marlins do. You owe it to that team to be best in class for how you operate your ballpark, and they did not do that this weekend.
2: How does that even happen? I mean, just out of curiosity, how much are team officials involved when it comes to stuff like this? Or is it completely ground screw and field and the Mets had nothing to do with it?
0: Well, I, I had a head of ballpark operations. Now, to be fair, as president of the team, I would take the responsibility for what happened. But when all of the rain was coming and you did your half marathon, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this past weekend, that's amazing. It was brutal. I also did... A crazy run during this uh, uh, weekend when it was soaking wet and raining, mm. and you know when the weather's bad as opposed to Florida when it just crops up and there's a thunderstorm when there's a tropical storm or a hurricane, it's in the forecast <laughs> and the major rule of the tarp and of the field is you can never tarp a wet field ever. Okay. Because it guarantees that the field can't dry and won't dry, so you have to tarp a dry field, and if you miss the opportunity to tarp a dry field, you are in trouble, and that's what happened with the
2: Met. Right,
0: the tropical storm.. <laughs>
2: Again, I knew, you knew, everybody knew Ophelia was parking her rear end off the Atlantic coast, so I'm not sure how they missed putting the tarp down. But before we move on, uh, I saw this on your Twitter. I just did a half marathon. I mean, that was hard enough. It's about all I could manage. You did 48 miles in 48 hours? Are you insane?
0: I am insane, as you know, especially (laughs) since it's live at 520 Eastern. Yes. But what what? I'm doing is trying to raise money to cure Parkinson's because my best friend has Parkinson's Mm. and he was diagnosed at 38 years old and he's had it for 17 years and it's a a debilitating degenerative disease and there's no cure. And so I've helped him raise a million dollars for research, the Michael J. Fox foundation. And uh, yes, I am insane, but uh, it's not even close to what people with Parkinson's go through So I will keep doing crazy things with him Mm. as we try to find a cure.
2: I just retweeted the photo so you can go and you can see uh, this picture and you can always reach out to David and ask him uh, how you might be able to be involved or to help to raise money to help uh, obviously need to find a cure for that disease. As you point out, it's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio, former Marlins president David Sampson is joining us. Okay, let's talk about what we know. Why are the Braves more poised this season? Why are they more dangerous this season than they were a year ago, David?
0: You're saying that because the Braves lost in four games to the Phillies in the first round right. after winning their division. And it's scary. The way the playoffs work now is when you win your division and you're one of the top two seeds in each league, you get five full days off. It used to be only three, but now the wildcard series is three games, not a one-game winner-take-all. And the concern is in baseball, and it's not like this in any other sport, you're in a rhythm. And in baseball, five days off is too many. We would never want that many days off because the teams that get to play every day are more sharp. And the Braves have clinched, I think they clinched the AL East like six weeks ago or six months ago. Seriously. The NL East, excuse me, whenever they've been so good that the worry is that they they're going to get upset again in the next round. So they're doing anything they can to stay prepared. And they announced yesterday they're going to have fans come into their ballpark during this next week and have workouts in front of fans to try to <laughs> simulate a game situation. But guess what? That does not work. It, it, you can't manufacture tension and pressure and game conditions. But they're so good, Amy so good yeah. this year. Acuna is totally healthy. The MVP, their lineup up and down. There's no break for an opposing pitching staff. No break whatsoever. They they just swept the Cubs. Whether you're down in the ninth inning, seventh inning, first inning, the Braves are good enough to beat you, and they will make it and then win the World Series really? is my prediction because they're, they're that good from one to 26.
2: Okay. I don't want to belabor this question, but I am genuinely interested as someone who comes from a, you know, background in baseball in a front office. Why is Acuna more valuable than Matt Olson?
0: Because it's a great question in the old days. You'd say, Oh, when Matt Olson, if you hit 50 plus home runs driving 130 plus people, by definition, you are the MVP. When you look at what the game is now, having people, someone at the top of the lineup like Acuna, who is either getting on base or driving in anybody, even if it's just himself, to start a game, and putting him in that premium defensive position, he's plus everywhere on the field, meaning he has five tools, all of which work, all of which are plus tools, which means that he's an all-star just with his arm or just with his legs or just with his back. And put those things together. If I'm starting a team, I'm starting it with Acuna, not with Olson. Now, Olsen, together with Albies, together with Ozuna, it's a, it's a team that is so great. But he is the best player on that team, and he's the best player in all of baseball. With all respect to Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson. <laughs> Every executive and every writer, regardless of war, regardless of all things that certain analytic people will say, if you ask me who I would start a team with, and that is a big factor, it's
2: Acuna. Mm. David Sampson, former Marlins president with us here after hours, CBS Sports Radio. I'll I'll circle back to the playoffs, I promise, but that triggers another question. If you are the president of the Angels right now, what do you do this offseason?
0: Well, as president of the Angels, I go on vacation because the owner does everything anyway.
2: Okay. All right. If you're the owner of the Angels, David.
0: (laughs) Artie Moreno has a problem. And the problem he has is that he's had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and they can't win 81 games. And it reminds me of me when we had Stanton and Yelich and Ozuna, and we couldn't win 81 games with those players. When you can't win 81 games, it's not like you're coming close to a World Series and you want to keep the band together and you want to run it back. But Artie Artie Moreno keeps wanting to run it back and still can't win 81 games. So here's what I've got to do. I've got to let Shohei go. Even though I predicted that Shohei would re-sign with the Angels, I've got to let him go and reallocate the money and start over and hire a baseball person who is really gonna do the job versus the baseball people he has there and the president he has there, all of whom do nothing except what Artie Moreno wants. I'm gonna ask Mike Trout, are you willing to be traded? I need to start over because nothing that I'm doing with these players is working. And are you willing to actually do something so aggressive So what people would say is lunacy and let Shohei go and trade Trout, the true answer is he'll never do that (laughs) because he doesn't have the strength to do it. Because if he did, he would have traded Otani at the deadline. But that's what I would do if I were the owner or the president. But in real life, Moreno never will do that. And I think he will try to sign Otani. He will keep Trout. And he will say, hey, we've got two of the best players. Let's go out next year and get it done. Mm.
2: I don't envy him, though. I suppose if you're the owner and it's your money, then you write the checks. You can do what you want. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio. David Sampson, what impresses you most about the 100-win Baltimore Orioles?
0: I don't know where to start. They have one of the lowest payrolls in the game. They stuck with their manager, someone I've known forever. He was with us in in Florida, Brandon Hyde. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they made it through unbelievable turmoil in the ownership group when the the Angelo Sons were suing each other and they were trying to negotiate to extend the lease at Camden Yards. So many off-field issues going on. Yet, on-field, they did a rebuild and They did it well, they did it right, and they let Mark Elias, the general manager, do it. Which is amazing that they stayed out of it because they're owners versus baseball people, and baseball people know better. (laughs) And they recognize that this is their time because there's no schedule when you rebuild. The schedule is when you start winning. And the Orioles are really, really good. And they could be really good in the playoffs But it doesn't mean they're going to win 100 games next year. It doesn't mean that this window is now open for five years, the way people are saying, because baseball is really hard. But right now, they are a really, really good team. And I couldn't be happier for the people in Baltimore and for the players and for Brandon Hyde, et cetera. So it's fun to watch them. And I think people around the country couldn't name three players on the Orioles. (laughs) And that's why it's exciting that when it comes playoff time, They're going to watch this team, and they're going to say, wow, those are some good players.
2: Mm, Looking forward to it. Love the fresh blood. And also just the turnaround. Two years ago, they lost 110 games, and now they've got 100 wins. So, as you say, they stuck with it. And really, a lot of times that's the issue is that there's so much impatience among owners, and GMs Mm. are not willing to allow a system and a culture to develop. So, it's awesome the way they've done it.
0: But, but Amy, it's hard because people in the media like us (laughs) – and fans on social media, and I'm not saying you did this or I did this, but we're the ones who are impatient. Sure. And we say, my God, this team stinks. This manager stinks. you got to make a change. you got to hurry up. You're not good enough. And often owners read this or their PR people tell them about it, and they lose patience and they lose the ability to stick with the plan. The reason why I feel failed as much as I did in 18 years with only one World Series win If I had to boil it down, Amy, it's that I didn't stick to a plan long enough.
2: Ah, I like this. Confession is good for the soul, David. You know that, right?
0: Well, Amy, I always like being on your show. And if I don't say it enough, A, I love that you invite me and I love that you ran your half marathon. Congratulations. But you know what this means, Amy.
2: Yes, I do.
0: Yeah, you have to do it. You're going to do it. You have to do a marathon.
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's talk about that another time. The next time we have you on, oh, no, we're running out of time. Uh, 60 seconds, though. What's another team, whether it's even at the playoff picture, not complete yet? There could be a sleeper come October.
0: There's no sleeper in the National League wild card because maybe the Marlins, but their pitching is too hurt. I would say that you should look out in the AL East because it's possible that the Orioles, they're that good that the Orioles could make it all the way through to the World Series. That's how good they actually are. Mm-hmm.
2: And you think they're a sleeper with 100 wins?
0: No one... T- who t- this is the first time on any show that anybody's asked me about the Orioles. <laughs> no and you're way. only doing it because they clinched the division four hours.
2: No, ago. no, no, that Had is not, not true. That, that's BS. You have no, it. no, that's BS. I have talked about the Orioles for weeks now, and I actually could name more than three players on the roster. Uh, but either way, I think they're a great story, and I'm with you. I like Brandon Hyde. I love the fact that they are battle-tested, too, because it's not been easy. So, I, you're wrong, but it's I didn't say you didn't
0: right. ask me. Yeah. I, I didn't say you didn't talk about it. I said no one's asked me on any interviews about the
2: Orioles. Yeah, that's a bummer. They're missing opportunities. Okay, so you want to find david first of all i just tweeted a very uh very handsome photo of the man uh he looks beat because he did 48 miles in 48 hours but still amazing <laughs> uh so check that out but also on his twitter david p samson you'll find the link to nothing personal that's his podcast uh he says it's nothing personal but i don't know <laughs> I would take it personal. I'm just kidding. It's a a good podcast. He just kind of lets loose. And you'll also see him on CBS Sports HQ and hear him here when we can drag his rear out of bed. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes, David. You're the best.
0: Amy, have a great day. (laughs) You (laughs) too.
2: All right, we got to hustle up to our break because we haven't even talked about Lions Packers, uh, this, this game that started week four last night, and we usually do it in the final hour and haven't yet. We've been having fun doing other stuff.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Porta initially handed off, Montgomery walks into the end zone, along the left side for a touchdown.
1: Goff up under center, Montgomery the lone back behind him, second and goal from the Packer 2, Montgomery again, cuts it left, to the house, touchdown Detroit Lions! Fourth and goal from the one for the Lions. Goff up under center, single back is Montgomery. Goff takes, turns, gives to Montgomery, straight up the gun. <laughs> takes way in, touchdown Detroit
3: Lions! David Montgomery powers it home, and the
2: Lions extend
3: their lead. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: I'm not sure what is the bigger blowout. Is it Lions at the Packers... On Thursday Night Football to start off week four in the NFL, or is it the Ryder Cup? The morning foursomes, right now, they are about to be a sweep for Team Europe. This has never happened. Team Europe has never swept the morning foursomes at the Ryder Cup before. But there's only one foursome still on the course, and Team Europe is two up with three to play. So Team USA is teetering on getting shut out in the morning foursomes to start the Ryder Cup in Rome. So, you know, we've got blowout city in both Green Bay and Italy. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. David Montgomery accounts for 121 yards, three touchdowns. This is Raheem Mostert-like. This is Devon Achan-like. 32 carries. The Lions were able to run roughshod. They dominated the line of scrimmage both sides of the ball. And even after Jared Goff throws an interception to start the game, there's quick redemption. They're already up by 24 points at the half. You hear the calls there with Dan Miller on the Dolphin, not dolphin. Sorry, on the Lions Radio Network, and yeah, David Montgomery back, healthy, and happy.
3: This is definitely the best, you know, group of guys I've ever been a part of, and I'm just blessed to be a part of it. You know, uh, just kind of go out, them guys up front, man. They put in the work uh, day in, day out throughout the week, and um, you know, I feel like it's my job to go out there and give everything I got for them boys. I know they do the same thing for me, so um, every chance I get to touch the ball, uh, I want to be sure that I do it for those guys.
0: I didn't realize this, but that was David Montgomery's first time to get a win against the Packers, so that's pretty impressive. And and, uh, three
1: touchdowns, uh, first time that we've had a Lions running back that's gotten that here at Lambeau, so that's pretty impressive.
2: Back-to-back wins for the Lions at Lambeau Field against the Packers. You all remember how last season ended. And, man, Jared Goff's starting to feel himself. He's all cocky about how they should be flexed more often. Uh, He gets on the Amazon Prime set after the game and calls out Ryan Fitzpatrick for labeling him a poor man's Matt Ryan. I didn't
1: know it was a poor man's anything.
2: Jared Goff is... Yeah, he's playing extremely well. And he's starting to clap back at the doubters and the haters. Uh, so, yeah, the Lions move to 3-1, and one, top of the NFC North. And there's a lot of angst going on with the rest of the teams in the North, right? So, the Lions get to 3-1. and one, They win on the road. Huge for them. The Packers... They keep falling behind in these deep holes, and, and only now and then are you going to be able to climb out of them. Matt LaFleur, I mean, he's already admitted that nothing went well, blah, 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 and the reporters, well, they're trying to do their jobs, and he does not like the line of questioning. What do you
1: think, think happens when you have a – to cause a first half like
4: that where you just you – you got
1: nothing I mean, to do with I mean, we got our ass kicked. Yes. If I knew,
4: it wouldn't have happened. Matt, they didn't blitz until um, the that last a BS question, man. They didn't blitz until the last play of the first half. Um, they sent four or last most of the time. why couldn't you guys protect, do you think?
1: It, it wasn't good enough. They whipped us. they manhandled us. <laughs> Again, if I knew the answer to that, it wouldn't have happened.
2: Yeah. well, let's look on the bright side. You're not the, the Broncos defense that just gave up 70. Let's look on the bright side. You're not Zach Wilson Who, right now, may be public enemy number one in New York. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio. All right, so Packers are unhappy. Justin Jefferson and the Vikings are 0 3. They're also unhappy, and he has had it with the talk about breaking up the team and the Vikings being done and throwing the towel.
0: I'm tired of people saying, you know, we're looking at the next season, or you know, all of the trades and stuff like that. We're we're focused still on this season. Uh, we have a lot more games to go, and we have a lot more things to accomplish this season. So, uh, I mean, we're still focused, and we still have that same goal as we had before the season. Uh, and we just need to fix a few things, and I feel like we'll be back on track.
2: Yeah, it's not impossible to make the playoffs if you're zero and three, but in the history of the NFL, going back to 1990. Only four teams have done it. Out of 158 teams that have started 0-3, only four times. So we're talking not even 3% of the time do the teams rally to make the playoffs. And this week, it's a pair of 0-3 teams and Vikings, and Panthers' Bryce Young is likely to be back in my ear. Producer Jay just said to me, what?
3: Should I take the Broncos in Survivor this week against the Bears?
2: I dare you. I dare you.
3: I'm thinking about it.
2: (laughs) Also, a matchup of 0-3 teams with Denver and Chicago, so something's got to give. Our Game of the Week poll is up. I'll just tell you right now, it's overwhelming in favor of the Bills and the Dolphins, but still, let's see if we can get it to be even more overwhelming. So on Twitter, after our CBS, or on our Facebook page, we're so excited. So many of you in this first not even a month yet of the regular season, you all have been participating in our polls we do three a week for different reasons all kinds of uh, just football chatter on our facebook and twitter pages and that's what happens during football season it's it's everybody in the pool all in the pool because it matters and thank you again for all the traffic to our youtube channel it is somewhat comical when people ask why would anyone care about your wedding well i'm not really sure but you all had lots of questions we put up Two parts, two parts of the Ask Amy Walks Down the Aisle YouTube videos. The second part is up, and uh, you you all are finding it now as well. I got to tell you, though, one of the questions was, what is Bob like? So I answered it, and I, I told people why I love Bob. He's sweet. He's funny. He's smart. Blah, blah, blah. All these reasons, right? And then I said, also, he's the only person on the planet who has a more obnoxious laugh than I do. So... <laughs> So Bob sends me a text and he says, well... That was really sweet, but I think we should ask impartial observers who has the more obnoxious laugh. Now, that would not include you, Jay. You are not an impartial observer. You always must be on my side. I know that you are in awe of Bob, but you always must be on my side. Who could we get to be an impartial observer to judge who has the more obnoxious laugh? (laughs) Kawhi? Should we get Kawhi to do it? He'd be a good judge. Or Patrick Mahomes? He does love to laugh and carry on. Steph Curry's got a pretty obnoxious laugh when he wants to. We're going to have to find some impartial (laughs) observers. (laughs) We'll talk to you Sunday night after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.